This is the Rovers Review, end of season review. And I know there are some Sligo Rovers fans who'll be saying to themselves, thanks be to that it is the end of the season. We will get into all of that in this hour in the company of Gavin Dykes, who's with me here in studio, and Mark Rossiter, who's on the line from Dublin. I do want to begin by mentioning a former secretary of Sligo Rovers Football Club this weekend who passed away during the week. His name was Michael O'Boyle. He coached this presenter in underage football many moons ago in North Sligo. He used to scare the bejesus out of me. But Michael was secretary of Sligo Rovers when they won the league in 1977. A passionate Sligo Rovers man who was laid to rest this weekend in uh, Drumcliffe in North Sligo and uh, fanatical about Sligo Rovers down through the years and decades. He was old school, but a lot of... uh, Young North Sligo, young footballers came through his hands over the decades and he had a great passion for underage football in his own unique way. It might have involved sending a team running up to the top of Tully Hill in North Sligo in the dark of night and back down again. Uh, It might not be Pep Guardiola style, but... uh, his uh, passing will conjure up a lot of memories both for Sligo Rover supporters who've been involved with the club down through the decades and uh, in youth soccer in the North Sligo area in particular over the last uh, number of decades as well. So we just wanted to mention that at the start of the programme. I'm not sure what Michael O'Boyle would have made of this Sligo Rover season that has just finished with a 4-2 defeat against the champions Shamrock Rovers at Talla Stadium on Friday night. Gavin Dykes is with me in studio and Mark Rossiter on the line. Are we just glad that this is this season is over, Gavin Dykes? I think we're, we're glad we're in the Premier Division, obviously. Uh, it, it's been a very poor season. We've lost 19 games. We went out of the cup with a whimper to Drogheda, who were a part-time team. Uh, so, look, very disappointing. Uh, a lot was expected off of this season. From what we're told and what I hear, it's the biggest budget the club has ever had. And uh, the finish where we finished is is really disappointing, and I think there's people that ask questions about it. Well, we will ask a few, and I know there's been a lot of discussion in Sligo Rover circles for some time now. No one is pretending that this season on the men's front was anything other than than a disappointment, but I suppose the saving graces are they have secured their Premier Division status. Um, I do hear a lot of apprehension about what next season is going to bring. We we, we will get into that in a moment. Um, Mark Rossiter in Dublin, I don't know if you got a chance to watch Friday night's game. Maybe you were there at Tallis Stadium. No, I wasn't there. Um, I I was looking just floating in and out watching us. Uh, yeah, and started off great, but unfortunately it didn't finish that way. But uh, kind of kind of summed up the season really. I know you are slightly 
detached from the, the local Sligo Town sea season. So maybe in, in a way you can give us a more objective assessment. But can you understand the, 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 the fans' frustration this season, which wasn't helped on Friday night for a number of reasons, and we'll come to those in just a moment. Yeah, absolutely. Look at, you know, as a football fan, the first game I ever went to watch was in 1990. We went out, Dad brought us out to, to watch um, Sligo against Galway, um, albeit on a Sunday afternoon, and it was a nil-nil. But um, no, it was it was a very disappointing season, you know, like... You, you can you can make arguments, I suppose, for it with injuries at crucial times to big players, losing Aidan Keena just before the start of the season and Max Matter in the window. But you know, every every club will make that you know argument that you know they've had suspensions at, at, at key times and you know injuries at key times to key players. So that's that's effectively what your squad is for to deal with that. So. When you look at it on paper, you know, 25 points from 54 at home and 12 from 54 away, it's it's not good enough. It really isn't. And there's no getting away from that, Gavin, is there? No, I think, look, football is a results business, Austin, and, you know, it's 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 been very poor. I think the recruitment has been very, very poor. Uh, I think there's a, there's a lot wrong. Uh, from looking from the outside in and bits and pieces that you hear around the place, you know, it, it, it's not in a great state. It, it'll be interesting to see what the people who are in charge decide what to do now. Um, you know, managers have lost their jobs for a lot, lot less. I, I go back to, you know, Liam Buckley lost his job and yet he got us into Europe twice. Ian Barraclough lost his job, won the league, won the FEI Cup and won the Satanta Cup. Fifth in the table and, and lost his job. And you know, it's it's a results business. I think there's the challenges that lie ahead. I think at the moment that I'm looking at is that the recruitment of players has been very poor. It's cost us a lot of money, from what I'm hearing. It's 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 a very expensive now to run a league of Ireland club, and I think people have to separate the football side of it, all right, and 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 the club side of it. And what I mean by that is that you know we have a committee who are volunteers, all right, who do nothing but live Sligo Rovers and put a massive amount of time into that. You know, I witnessed it with my own father when he was chairman here. You know, it, it's tankless. No matter what you do, it's tankless. And they go out and raise money. But the money that they raise comes from loyal supporters, all right, who pay season tickets. All right, never, biggest budget ever, get into Europe. That was what the budget is for. That's what reality is all about. That's where we need to be. That's what we're pushing on. That's what it's all about. Forget about the ground development. That's a totally separate issue. If the product isn't good enough on the pitch, people won't come. It's as simple as that. The product hasn't been good enough. What we have, what we have brought in here hasn't been good enough. We've given people two-year contracts. From what I'm hearing, we had to give big money to get rid of some of that people. And the people who made those decisions have to be answerable to that. You know, I, I, and I can only go back from my me, from me own management experience and... and I, I was lucky enough and privileged enough to be manager Derry and at Finn Harps and at Bannon and Mallard and I, I stepped down each time because I knew it was time to go. You know when you lose a dressing room. You know when players have switched off. You know. And in my opinion, it's time there's a change. There has to be a change because otherwise, where are we going to go next year? 
Okay, I want to come back to, you raised a number of things there and I want to let Mark come in on, on a couple of these. Can I just tidy up to a couple of issues from Friday night's season-ending game, guys? And Mark, I'd be interested in your opinion on this as well. It was the live televised match. Sligo Rovers' decision to give a guard of honour to the new champions and deserving champions, Shamrock Rovers, who were the deserving winners of the League of Ireland this season. Got a lot of criticism from a fair few Sligo Rovers fans. There was divided opinion on this. But it stems from, to a degree, 2012 when Sligo Rovers won the league for the first time since 1977 and Shamrock Rovers, who were the visitors to the showgrounds on presentation night, didn't give Sligo Rovers a guard of honour. And that, to this day, clearly rankles, rightly or wrongly, with a number of Sligo Rovers supporters. Gavin, were Rovers right to give the new champions, the deserving champions, a guard of honour in Tallaght Stadium on their home venue on the televised match on Friday night? Well, I'll gain... I don't think it's as simple as that. Uh, again, I was privileged. I won a league with Derry and we got Gareth of Honours onto the pitch and rightly so. As league champions, that's what should be done. I was lucky enough to be involved when we won 2012 and, you know, on a fantastic day in the Shoreguns where we were going to be crowned champions, Shamrock Rovers came down and disrespected us. Now, whether people like to hear that or not, that's a fact. They didn't give a Gareth of Honour. They refused to give a Gareth of Honour. Right, Ronan Finn, who was a fantastic player and a really good lad, I'd say. He was part of that setup. Our own Richard Brush was playing in goals that day. All right. So I think respect is something that you earn. And I, in my opinion, all right, Cork said he decided last week they weren't going to give a guard of honour to Shamrock Rovers for their reasons. Richie Holland, who's the manager of that, got lambasted for it. All right. He's looking after Cork City and what he decided to do. Stephen Bradley, who's a fantastic manager and no doubt about it they've won four in a row it's a huge achievement in my opinion all right if i was involved there there'd have been no care of honor simple has that you have to earn respect saying that because of the old look at rivalry slash animosity between rovers and rovers look we were all reared up and anybody who comes from like rovers knows the shamrock rovers are you know the biggest rivals that we have but this comes back to respect we didn't win the league for 35 years austin 35 years all right we won the league. We were league champions that day. We were getting the trophy that day. Shamrock Rovers came down that day. And Brian Laws was the manager, or the director of football at Shamrock Rovers. And I remember saying to him, are we getting a guard of honour? And he went, no. And I went, that's fine. Well, that's totally disrespectful. And it's not good enough. And, and I'd stand by that. Okay. You know, respect, you earn respect. Mark Rossiter, have we been making too much out of the guard of honour, to guard of honour or to not guard of honour? Um, to be honest, I think the the whole highlight has come from Bradley, really, to be honest, for, for calling out Cork for not doing it. As a player winning the league, I wouldn't care if I got a guard of honour or I didn't, to be honest. I'm, I'm a league champion. That's all that would matter to me. I could understand if Rovers decided to not do it in Tala. Um, you know, I, I think that out of respect, teams should do it. But I think as a player, I, I wouldn't really... I would, if I won the league, I wouldn't really care, to be honest. Um, I think it shows the mentality of the club if they're refusing to do it, to be honest. So I think, like it or not, Sligo have come out the bigger people out of this, especially when they had done it in 2012. Um, they didn't do it, sorry, in 2012 to, to Rovers when they won the league. But I think from a, from a player's point of view, you don't really care. I think it's, it's management creating something that doesn't need to be highlighted, really, to be honest. The other talking point, and there were a couple of other talking points, but but because it was live on television, another thing that attracted 
feedback from Rovers supporters was a stage in the second half where Sligo Rovers made a substitution, Gavin. Stefan Radisadovich, I can't pronounce his name correctly, my apologies to the guy, um, appeared not to be ready to come on as a substitute, whether there was a miscommunication on the touchline. Um, but the unfortunate thing was the TV cameras picked up on it and you even got a sense of the reaction from other members of the Sligo Rovers squad to him not being ready, to having a chain around his neck. Jewellery isn't allowed on the field. I think we'd all agree under 12, under 14 players know that in, in, in Sligo Leitrim youth soccer at this stage. What does that tell us about the mood music around the Sligo Rovers squad, Gavin? I, I don't really know, Austin. You know, I've been involved in games and you go to get a sub and I, I've been involved and the sub hasn't got a jersey out you know you know, some people just switch off a wee bit when they know they're not playing um, you should be ready to go um, I wouldn't make, make that much out of that I, I think the overall thing is, is that from what I can see and what I can feel is that there's, there's it was like you know the thing was lost you know I remember doing the, the UCD game for a year I think it was and seven of the players that were signed were on the bench that night now that clearly makes a statement that <laughs> You know, the manager doesn't have faith in you, yet he signed them. You know, and, and when you lose dressing rooms like that, and I'm not saying he did lose it, I don't, I'm only saying from what I can see, it, it, it doesn't look good, it doesn't look healthy, uh, and, and people have to make decisions about, about where this goes. It, it's a business. It's a, I keep going, it's a results business. It's a huge, huge club. Sligo Rovers are a massive, massive club with massive support. And as I said, the volunteers that go in and run it, and no matter who goes in there and runs it, it's thankless. It always will be. But they're paid professional club, paid professional staff. You know, they gave John the job. You know, John, it's his first managerial job. Ryan Casey's gone in, it's his first job as an assistant manager. It's not easy, this league. It never will be. But it's been really, really disappointing. And, and I go back to, like I said, where do we go from here? That's the big question. Well, here, I want to play you guys an extract from John Russell's interview that he gave to Jessica Farry after Friday night's 4-2 loss to Shamrock Rovers at Tallah Stadium. This was his response when asked by Jessica if he expects to be in charge of Rovers at the showgrounds next season. I love this club. Uh, I put my heart and soul into it. Um, have I made mistakes? Yes, I have. Have I been let down at different times? Of course I have. You know, any, anyone who's watched us and followed us this year, it's been a crazy season and I feel that if I'm given the opportunity to, to continue that um, I'll do a very good job because it'd nearly be a waste of all the stuff I've gone through this year if people were to decide look let's let's move in a different direction if they do do that and they did look, I'll take it on the chin because I know my strengths I know the qualities I have and I know this year this season was going to stand to me going forward in my career I know I look back in a few years and say wow I had a hell of a lot in, in that um, and I'm hoping that I can take all this stuff forward with me What have you learned this year? Ooh, where do we start? <laughs> Big question Yeah uh, I've learned how to to handle and conduct myself during tough moments as a manager it's easy to stand out I've spoken to you Jessica after every game uh, spoke to the, the media and you're getting blow after blow and selling your best players injuries suspensions loss of form poor performances fans unhappy you know as I said earlier on there was a bloodbath for me at one stage um, I'm still standing and I think I've got to take real credit in that you know a lot of people mightn't have lasted the season uh, I'm still here and still have my chest out and I'm ready to go 
Well, he sounds determined. And I will say one thing, just as a, a journalist this season, John Russell, I haven't heard him duck a single question all season. Rovers fans may not have liked some or many of his answers that he's given and they may have sounded repetitive as time but he has always fronted up win, lose or draw regardless of the performance but Mark Rossiter is the inevitable next step now for Sligo Rovers to change the manager um, it's a bit, you know like I, I suppose it's it's one of them moments think with your head or think with your heart you're looking at like if if you know you, you change the manager you're going to have a complete uplift of a squad um, a lot of players look at he'll have a blank canvas because there's a lot of people out of uh, out of contract and stuff like that. But um, I, I think if they do decide to keep Russell in that, I think you'd be looking at he probably has six games max to, to prove um, that he is the right man to take it forward. I do feel for him uh, in one sense. Look, I've never managed, so Dyke will probably have a, more of an insight on this, but I think a lot of players have let him down this year. Um, I'm not saying that I'm not faulting him. I know I'm, I'm on the outside looking in a little bit because I'm not in town, but I think I think the players have to take a lot of this on the chin, um, more so than management, because known Russell, I don't think he'll leave any stone unturned, but I think the players have let him down in a big way. And unfortunately, you know, that falls on the manager because he's the one who picks them. But uh, I, I think the players have to, to take a lot of the flack more than the management. Gavin Dykes, we'll get to the squad in a second, but a lot of Rovers fans listening to this will probably say to themselves that John Russell has proven he's not the guy to take the team forward. Look, a football is, is, is it's a very rare industry. Um, you get a chance to go and recruit people that you're going to play for you. I've sat across players, I've signed players, I've let players go. Have players let you down? Yes, of course they have. But that's the nature of the business. When things are going well, everybody's great. When things aren't going well, the buck stops at the manager. That's that's the way the business is. There's no point in saying they're painting up any other way. I think, you know, we lost 19 games, Austin. 19 games we lost, all right, as a, as a team, all right? The going rate for managers at the moment in any league, if you lose four or five, you're gone. We lost 19. Is it because of John Russell? Is it because Maybe it's because... And what really annoys me is the silence from the club on this. You know, nobody from the club has come out and made a statement. Nobody has made any statement about, you know, we're going reviewing it or we're going to do anything about it. The silence from the club is what I think annoys fans. People I meet on the street say, well, what's going on? You know, it's not good enough. And, and what's going on? We're the supporters. We're all this. And I think it needs to be sorted out fairly quickly. If they're going to stay with John, come out and say, we're staying with John. Let's get behind him and do that. If that's the right decision or not, I don't know. Are there two decisions or two avenues to look at here? Do you stick with the guy and give him time to try and develop something? I mean, no one would doubt his work ethic, his ethos, what he's trying to do. Whether it's the right direction for Sligo Rovers is, is, is a case in point. Or that every time there's a slump, you change the manager. I mean, if, if, if Liam Buckley and Jared Little are looking at the season, they must be shaking their heads in disbelief yep. on one level. Of course they are. And, and, and that's the nature of it. I mean, I look at it, and, and you've had a look at this as a business. This Football is a business in this country at the moment. So we've given the largest budget, all right, to, to a manager, all right, in his first managerial job. He'd done two years or three years with Liam Buckley. Liam Buckley was the manager, and we've got into Europe a couple of times and done really well, all right? He got in on the back of that, all right? It's his first managerial job. He'll learn from it. As he said himself, he'll learn an awful lot from it. Is that good enough to, to, to get him over the line to stay another season? 
I don't know, Austin, because if the budget is going to be so small, recruitment has to be really, really important. And the recruitment this season hasn't been good enough. It's cost the club money, from what I'm told, to get rid of players. And that's, that's crazy business. It really, really is. And we can blame injuries and we can blame everything else. Every club has them. That's the reality of it. And the obvious person to blame is the manager because he finds the players. You know, other clubs give the manager a bit of help. And I know you've spoken about mm-hmm. this already this season, mm-hmm. that the model that Rovers have yeah. is no longer fit for purpose in terms of 21st century mm-hmm. club management in terms of r- r- recruiting players. So that maybe the manager needs another pair of eyes or many eyes to assist him in finding players. Look, look I, I said that a couple of months ago to you. Mm. You know, the model at the moment is, is, I think there's too much for the manager to do. You know, in recruitment and, the, and trust me, and I can guarantee you John Russell puts 24 hours a day into managing Sligo Rovers. 24 hours a day. I've no doubt Ryan Casey does the same and they're good lads. John Russell was a really good player and he's a really good coach. Management-wise, jury is out. That's because of results. All right, as I said, and I first criticised myself in this, I was a really poor manager. I was a very good assistant manager and a good coach. But as a manager, I wasn't that comfortable with it and sort of fell into it. But you've got to realise that when you know, all right, the time is right to go and that you're looking around the dressing room and people yeah. don't look that and way. I, and I understand that, but I, like, I'm just thinking of Sligo Rovers, you know, that they didn't qualify for Europe. The budget's going to be smaller, so they have to. we have to cut our cloth... Like, have we just got nonsensical expectations for Sligo Rovers that we should be top four? You know, and the reason I probably have that in it, I'm kind of expecting Sligo Rovers to be in the top four now. We've got to that point. And maybe that's a wholly inaccurate expectation given the way the league is changing in terms of ownership. And might it be, albeit they haven't communicated it well, that Rovers are saying we need to try and develop something homegrown and there may be a bit of pain a season or two to get to a point where we have a sustainable model and maybe what John Russell is trying to do is down that direction. Look, I'm, I'm not a football, ma- well, a football well, if, tactic if that's, expert. If that's, if that's the model, Austin, all right, come out and say that's the model. We signed, I think, seven or eight players in the open. I think the only local that's playing is John Mann. I think, you know, and, and John knows himself, he hasn't had a great season. I think he'll be very good next year. I think that takes an adjustment period coming back from Scotland. Uh, I think young Barlow has been a real find for us. But I'll also say on the young Barlow one, all right, and, and a bit of credit. He's the first person that's been taken off every week. And he's, he scored a couple of goals and he didn't start the following week. So, I mean, if the... I've been crying out. We were all been crying out. I was delighted to see young Elding coming on the other day. All right. But we, we, we signed a centre-forward in June, who I believe cost a lot of money, Pedro. He scored one goal from a penalty kick. Haven't seen a lot of that. So, I mean, the options are there. If, if we're going to go down that route and the academy route, and I was very fortunate I was involved in that when it started off, All right, and we got some great young players through it. If we're going to come out and do that, then that has to be the philosophy of the club. And I go back to what I see again. If John Russell or whoever's manager is Sligo Rovers, there needs to be a technical director in charge that helps the manager and supports the manager. All right, It's not good enough that he's left alone to look after all that sort of stuff, because football is a business. Mark Rossiter, I know you've been listening intently. You made the point that the, a lot of the, you know the players let the manager down to an extent this season. If that is true, who from the current squad would you keep next season? Um, like I, I'd, 
I'd be looking at the likes of Carlos Sullivan. Like I, I'd look at all the players he's brought in from Europe, and to be honest, I don't think any of them have covered themselves in glory. Really, Levac probably at times. Rana Falk, you know, at right back, he he does okay, but I think he's more of a winger or a set piece taker. I I'd be looking at if if I was looking at a fullback for next year, I'd have O'Sullivan at right back and uh, Reese Hutchinson. I think has been the best signing that Russell has made. To be honest. Um, yeah, I'd be looking at him, John Mann. I'd keep Buckley, obviously. Um, Nando uh, wouldn't have any faith in him, to be honest. Um, Lafferty done really well up until he got a suspension. Um, up at Drada when he got sent off. Um, but I think I think Moran has been one of the standout players for them. Shifted about a couple of positions. I, I think he's done really well, and obviously he's come through the Utah at Rovers and done really well. The likes of Kalen Barlow, you know, probably didn't play as much as I would have assumed that he would have. Uh, Fitzgerald, I'd be looking to keep him, whether or not he will. But um, you know, how many of them could put their hands up and say, "Yeah, I deserve, I deserve to be here," you know. I'm just looking at a list I made earlier today based on the Sligo Rovers news releases this season of who's still in contract and who's out of contract. So this isn't this may not be entirely accurate, but in terms of players who are still in contract, as I understand that John Mahan is still in contract, Fabrice Hartman is still in contract till June of next year, Reese Hutchinson is still in contract, Stefan Radosayevich is still in contract, Robbie Burton is out of contract now but has the option of another season. I think Luke McNicholas is still in contract if he comes back from his loan period at Wrexham and John Mahan is still there. Niall Morahan technically is out of contract at the end of this year but has the option of a roll-on year and there is the scholarship programme there so that may, he may, you know, I, I, I need to double-check that. The players out of contract, Gavin Dykes, Gary Buckley, Greg Bulger, David Coley, Nando Pinacker. Carlos Sullivan, who Mark's just mentioned. Johan Branfalk, I think, is out of contract. So is Lucas Browning. Frank Levac, the end of the year. Will Fitzgerald, you just mentioned, Mark. Danny Laverty. And Pedro, who signed during the season, I think is a, a contract with the option of another season that the Rovers have, have an option, I think, if, 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 I, if I read the news release correctly from, from a month or two ago. So... Now, that doesn't include everybody. We're not including there Mark Byrne and guys who've got to come back from long-term injury. And there's a couple of other names there I, I, I haven't included. But in terms of the spine of the squad, it's potentially slim enough pickings there. Uh, there's, a, there's a question. How many of them will want to stay? That's the first question, honestly. Because I don't think some of them, some of them will want out of here fairly quickly. And the second thing will be based on budget. All these guys signed pretty good contracts based on a budget that was given by the club that was fairly huge that was aimed at getting a European place the budget this next year will not be that David Rowe said at the AGM that you know it's going to be from what I'm told severely severely cut now when you're when the budget is cut the calibre of player you know the, the pool becomes smaller and that's why it's more important then that recruitment is right that you get the right people in you know we got to look at the league and where we are and, and all, as we said, the sugar daddies that are coming in. It's coming, that's the way the league is. Uh, do Sligo have to change their model? I think Sligo gambled. You want me to be honest with you? I think they gambled on John Russell. I think they backed him with a big budget. I think they thought he'd get to Europe. It hasn't happened. It's been really disappointing. And I think people now have to sit down and realise, right, we got this wrong. Where do we go from here? And like I said, the people who run the club and the committee are fantastic people 
it's a thankless job, but they are answerable to the money that comes in and how that is spent and how that budget is given out. And if they have gambled and put their hands up and said, right, we've gambled, we've given it to John Russell, John Russell has taken the money, gone and got the players that he wants, that he looked at, that he said he had done due diligence on, and it hasn't worked, then, you know, would I have confidence in going and giving that money to go and look again? No, I don't think I would have. And and that's been quite truthful. And a lot of people out here might say, look, you know, sour grapes or whatever I got. That's a football perspective. That's a business perspective. And that's where I am at the moment. Because this league next year, we've got to remember, UCD are gone. All right. Drogheda, who were a part-time setup, finished ahead of us and put us out of the cup. All right. And Drogheda are going to have new investment next year. All right. They're going to be stronger. Whoever comes up, be it Cork stays in it, or Waterford comes up, or full-time, there's going to be investment going into them. We're, instead of investing, we're divesting. If that's a word, we're coming down, our budget's going to be smaller. So I think there's scary times ahead, and I think it needs to be planned very, very carefully how we go ahead and who we go ahead with. Mark Rossiter, any thoughts Um, on that? Well, I was thinking about it earlier on today and, you know, like with with the likes of Pat Hoban, I suppose, being released by Dundalk, there hasn't even been a word about him coming to Sligo. It's it's Galway or Derry. And I'm like, you know, there, there's a, a big chance that people that may have wanted to join Rovers in the past will now see Galway as being more attractive. Um, you know, these young lads that would have came through the, the FAI course in Mayo might... You know, now they have a choice whether they're going to go to Galway United or they're going to go to, to Rovers. So, like some of these starlets that you might have got in the past, you know, it's not a given that you're going to get anymore. Um, Pat Holman being a Galway boy, Rory Gaffney is linked with Galway. They're already, you know, <laughs> I suppose putting down big statements. So I suppose from a Rovers point of view, the cup final is next week. You're, you're looking at you. You need to make a decision within the week and have somebody lined up if you are looking for a replacement to give them ample time because the merry-go-round is going to start from next week. Players who are out of contract are going to be talking to managers, so you know, you'd need to have your budget in place, whoever the man is going to be at the helm, so that he has ample opportunity to, I suppose, throw an iron in the fire with certain players to, to try and recruit in a proper way. But it comes back, Gavin Dykes, to the question I seem to ask you at the end of every season. How is, whether it's John Russell or Jurgen Klopp in the showgrounds dugout next season, how are you going to be able to attract players to Sligo if you don't have comparable cash to the Shamrock Rovers, the Shelburnes, the Waterfords, the Galway Uniteds, as, you, as you've mentioned? I'll go back and say that we, we had comparable cash this year and it didn't work. And people have to be answerable for that. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a business... And I keep going back, football's a business, you know, and, and heart and sleeve and all that sort of stuff, and it's great, and it's, we all go down there and we all want to see Rovers do well. But at the end of the day, it's a profession. People have to get paid. Tax things have to be paid. So that has to be done first. The club has to come first. I think it, the gamble hasn't paid off. You know, like, I mean, you know, there was a lot of people saying Liam Buckley went and, uh, and all. Liam Buckley had us in Europe for two years in a row. You know, that's a fact. That, that, that's the reality of it. We're miles from there now. We're further back now from what we were. I mean, I think the club is in a really bad state, and I'll be quite truthful with you. I think it's in a bad state. I think it's need, people need to row around now. They need to get up and get at it and see where we're going. I think if they go to supporters and if they go and say, right, we're going to raise money, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to try and get a budget in, under the current feeling out there, I think they'll struggle a wee bit. 
I think we need to go and get a wee bit of enthusiasm going. Now, how do people at the club decide to get that done is usually by you bring somebody else in or you come out with a statement and say, right, we're going to stick with John Russell. Let's row in behind it. Let's see if we can get a bit of positivity. Let's see if we can... But the need to do something this week, in my opinion, to try and get that going. Because if John Russell is in charge, then we got to all go and back him. It's our club. It's, it's who we support. Then we got to go and back him. If they don't and they decide to change, then whoever comes in needs time. As Mark says, a lot of the business is done now, believe it or not, with players. So the pool is very, very small. And if the money is small, the pool gets even tighter. So recruitment is really, really important. And don't be under any illusion. We could be in a relegation battle really, really quickly next year. You're cheering me up no end, Gavin. Um, Mark Rossiter, in the few minutes we have left, just a general thought on the League of Ireland this season. And, and this is beyond Sligo Rovers, but it does apply to them indirectly. Shamrock Rovers didn't win any of their first seven matches in the season just past. Got, you know, they got a lot of draws. They didn't lose too many, in fairness to them. They eventually got things going, but they still won this title at a relative canter three games out before the season. For all the talk about Derry City and Bohemians, Dundalk, Shelburne, etc. What does that say about the overall general quality of this League of Ireland? Um, I would have said that the league has gone backwards, to be honest. Um, I think the gulf from top to bottom has closed slightly. Um, if you if you take UCD out of it, I think it's closed slightly. It's more competitive. But uh, I think if you were going to judge the League of Ireland as a whole, you look at the four teams in Europe, and I think the only team that's done well really was Derry. They got through a couple of rounds. But your champions, let's say, getting beat by an Icelandic team, um, and then you obviously don't get a favourable draw and you're against Ferran Varus in the last 6-0, I think, on aggregate. But, um, you know, Dundalk didn't really do anything. They got through around against a team from Gibraltar, you know. So I think when, when you're looking at it as a whole, collectively, I, I think it's regressed hugely. Um, you know, there is some quality there, but... You know, there, there's a, there's a lot of teams looking for quality, I suppose, and probably don't feel that they have it within this league. And they're recruiting a, a lot of players on loan from outside the league. And you know, it's it, it can work, but a lot of averages say it won't. And long and short, but these players don't care because you know their loan deal is up. Whether they get relegated or win the league, they go back home. You know, and that, and that's it. Um, but I, I think the league as a whole has gone backwards. Gavin Dykes, is that the problem? Too much of a stepping stone, League of Ireland? I, I think, again, you, you, I think Shamrock Rovers are... To do four in a, in a row is a fantastic achievement. No matter what anybody says or anybody likes them or don't like them, it's a fantastic achievement from, from the, everybody involved in it. I look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture is Shamrock Rovers won under-19 league, under-17 league, under-15 league. Well, I think Pats and themselves won between the 13s and 14s. Shamrock Rovers have built a club from within. Way before anybody else was talking about Taller and anything else, they, when they, they got money together, they bought Roadstown, they've put a massive effort into the academy there, they've sold Gavin Bazuna, they've sold players on, there's talk about players going to Italy and all over the place. I think you can't compete with that, they've Dermot Desmond in charge, and they get an awful lot of help from Dublin City Council as well with Tala, that we don't get down the country. Let's let's be truthful about that. You know, anybody, anything that Sligo Rovers gets, people have to go out and put their hands in their pocket to make that happen. All right, that's the way it is. That's, that's the reality of it. I think it's going to get harder for community clubs in the future. And if you look at Shelburne at the moment, they've been taken over by somebody at Hull. All right, Dundalk are struggling now. They're looking for more investment. Uh, it's, a, it's a big business, I think, 
in my opinion, Shamrock Rovers will be there for a long, long time because I don't see an awful lot of clubs besides Derry who have a very, very good chairman and a very wealthy chairman of Philip O'Doherty who's very passionate about Derry City that is putting their money into it. Uh, I think they might give it some sort of a rattle. And I think it, an interesting point with the Pat Hoban and the Rory Gaffneys and all this sort of stuff, you know, Pat Hoban is looking at Sligo Rovers now. Um, no doubt about it. Would he come here? No, definitely not. You know, we struggled. You know, we've had a bad season. If he has offers to go someplace else, he'll go there. Galway, you know, and speaking to Ollie, Ollie knows they're going to have to get an awful lot of players in. Him and John know that. They're well backed by the Comer brothers. They're going to be a big threat next year as well. You know, they're able to be the stay in the division and then try and build on it. So I think there's big challenges for, for community clubs alone. But whether it's the right model or not in Austin, I don't know. We're not going to answer that question on this evening's programme, but we are out of time. Uh, food for thought, nonetheless. Gavin Dykes here in studio. And Mark Rossiter in Dublin, thank you both. Even if, even if the sun ceases to rise, even if the wind stops to blow, Na 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 na